Hello and welcome to Parking Thought. I'm Jacob and I'm glad you are here today. In this episode, we're going to be talking about your brand and we're going to get to it right after this. Hey everybody, I am really glad that you're here. I can't say that enough. You know, it's been pretty neat working on this podcast and seeing the audience numbers grow and recognizing that one tiny voice sitting in a car near some mountains in Idaho has the ability to share uh, my thoughts with a global audience. And that's pretty cool. I really do appreciate every one of you guys being out there. And I want to talk a little bit today about your brand. Everybody's got a brand of sorts, right? We have a persona that we try to project that we have, and that, that shouldn't be too far misaligned from who you are as a person, right? Your persona is really the projection of who you want to appear to be, and then who you are should not be so far misaligned. If they are, then you're probably dealing with some stress and some anxiety in life that's difficult. It's a lot easier to, to make your persona more match who you are. And I just finished recording an episode. I'm not sure if I'm going to release it. It was talking about a recent experience I had where my family was traveling back from Orlando and the airline uh, that we had chosen to travel with um, had some ways of doing business that were not exactly customer centric. In fact, they shifted the burden from the airline and their responsibilities to the customer. And that's not really a good business model. But when I was recording the episode, it really allowed me to share my thoughts. So that was good. But by the time I got to the end of it, where I close each podcast episode saying, in a world where you could choose to be anything, why not choose to be grateful? It was, it didn't sit well because it didn't sound like an episode where I could be grateful or celebrate what they had done right. You know, like I was able to safely fly on the airline, right? That was not a question. But all the stuff around the periphery about how they treated their customers and how they worked with them um, was just really, there's a lot of inertia in the system that insulates the organization from being able to listen and grow and develop. And that was really hard. And it's been really hard for me to see a business in 2021 that's struggling. I think every airline right now is struggling. I think they they had to conserve cash as the pandemic kicked off. They, I know Delta incentivized early retirement. I know a lot of airlines, you know, took different measures and ways of, of conserving cash. And I think they lost a lot of talent at various levels. And it, you know, these sorts of things happen. It's interesting, our power company here in Idaho actually had uh, so many people in so many roles for so long that effectively what's happened is they've got a generation gap between a lot of the workers who are now in that retirement zone and a lot of the employees who are new and just don't know all the infrastructure and how it's set up yet. That doesn't mean we're gonna have you know California style brownouts or anything like that, but organizations have to manage their knowledge retention through their employees and the pandemic was scary for a lot of businesses and so i don't blame any of the airlines for wanting to conserve cash and one of the quickest ways to do that is to reduce the amount of money you're spending on employees you know when the news media picks this up it's oh layoffs and oh this and oh that but you look if you're american airlines you've been flying for 91 years you want to stay in business i mean you've got a legacy to protect and so conserving cash, you know, by uh, letting employees go, even if it happens to be significant numbers, is not an inappropriate way to manage the business so you can stay afloat and you can stay alive. A anyway, the experience was just really frustrating. I did appreciate recording that episode, but I, it was hard for me to find the opportunities to be grateful. I I'm grateful I can see the world for what it is. 
early episodes of this podcast and talk a lot about flow, feedback, and continuous learning. Those three basic components of any system exist anywhere. Look around. Anytime you see something that's frustrating you, it is likely because it doesn't have a good system of flow, feedback, and continuous learning. That's all it is. And then to fix it and address that problem, all you need to do is improve one or all three of those elements that are interconnected. And so, so flow is the idea of flowing towards where you're providing value, right? So at work, we say we're flowing towards business value. Now, what determines business value? There's a lot of aspects of that. In fact, we did record an episode recently about, you know, the art of business value. But however it's defined, you're trying to flow towards business value. And on that journey, you want feedback. You want that feedback to be at regular intervals and in the right chunks and in the right format that you can absolutely respond to. You also want to capture the stuff that you may not be able to respond to right away, but it's worth knowing that that information is out there, right? So you want to get feedback. Is your feedback at regular intervals? Is it targeted properly? Is it efficient to absorb? Is it efficient to respond to? And the process where you respond to that feedback is that continuous learning process. And I use the term continuous learning, not continuous improvement, but continuous learning because we may not always be able to improve the process, but we can learn more about it along the way. And if we learn more about it, we will choose to improve the process. And it's very, it's, it's, a, it's a dynamic that is important to mention and likely gonna end up being the title of this episode, frankly, right, is how I celebrate continuous learning because learning is absolutely an objective. It is more difficult to measure than a process improvement. But a process improvement is a byproduct of learning and I'd rather celebrate the learning because over time, you will get more results if you celebrate the learning component than if you celebrate the process improvement. If you're constantly thinking that every two week interval, let's say your feedback loops are every two weeks, right? If every two weeks you're going through that feedback mechanism and you have to improve or change your process every two weeks, it will not stay consistent enough for you to truly know and measure how you're improving because you're not staying consistent with it enough. If your feedback mechanism feeds a process of continuous learning, right, then you can take that learning and strategically decide how and when you want to improve and how you're going to measure that. But when you have your talent, again, you have that great talent pool that's going to develop the knowledge they need to about the process and the opportunities for improvement, then this will be more effective over time. Now, if you're not a continuous learning nerd, right, this episode might not add a lot of value, especially in the space of work, right? You may not be in a position where you have to set these systems up and be able to improve on them, but you can do it in your personal life. And I would even argue that regardless of how small your influence might feel at work, you can do it at work as well. You can do assessments with your peers. We're doing annual evaluations this time of year. So we do 360 and we have lots of people who write to us and say, hey, tell me how so-and-so did or was to work with. And we'll do those assessments from peer groups. You can ask for that feedback from different sources. You don't have to wait for it to be formal to be able to get the feedback you need. And then again, don't focus on continuous improvement. That's a byproduct of continuous learning. And if you celebrate and recognize what you've learned, then you can automatically walk away and know that things are better because you do know more. And then you can go through the process of changing that knowledge into action. 
I bring this up, and you know, out of all the people who are going to listen to this episode, I hope my daughter is listening. Eliza has come back from her mission, and she got an offer to go help the wildfire response crews. And so she is helping out at their site with the communication centers they have, being able to keep those clean and listening to the phone and, and, and those sorts of things. At some of the communication centers, she's gone two runs of this, right? She'll go out for about a week and then she'll come back. She's on her second run and uh, working with these guys out in uh, Eastern Washington. And based upon the amount of smoke that is currently in our valley, I'm really glad that those crews are out there. I'm glad she's out there. Uh, she's got some neat stories to tell. And she sounds like she's alive and vibrant and thriving and adding value. And when you establish flow in that system, right, which is what she's doing, she's seeing how what she's producing is contributing. She's recognizing the flow mechanisms of it. I, it's so exciting. It feels so good uh, to be able to be productive that I'm glad that she's in that space. And now it's time, you know, for her to pay attention to what her feedback opportunities are and how she's able to continuously learn. And then this fall, she's gonna to go to college and it'll be the same thing. She'll be able to do that in a more formal setting. She'll be turning in paperwork and those sorts of things and she'll be getting back the feedback from the grades, but she'll also be getting feedback from her peers. She's gonna be headed to BYU, Idaho. So Brigham Young University, Idaho, which has a different teaching model than you will find in most schools. It recently, like within the past decade or so, became a four-year school. It's got a faculty that's more stable now than it was when they were making that transition. The campus is off in eastern Idaho, which has really interesting and cold winters. The teaching model is amazing because it involves constant collaboration with your student peers to be able to learn the material and be able to produce based upon what you learned. And comparing that to the lecture model that Brigham Young University down in Utah does, or comparing that to the lecture model that exists in a lot of spaces. This model of constant collaboration really means that once folks graduate, or once they go through the experience, even if they don't graduate, they have the ability to cross-collaborate and be constructive in lots of different settings and environments. I'm a huge fan of collaborating to success. I think that if people focus on collaborating versus compromise, that we can um, get to a definition of success that meets more people's needs. And so I really appreciate that there's an entire university dedicated to this model of collaborating to success. So there's lots to be grateful for. I was grateful I could record the episode you're probably not going to hear. Unless somebody gives me feedback and they want to hear it, I'll, I'll send them the audio file. But otherwise, I don't think I'll release that one on American Airlines. I think... I'll release this one. And I think it'll be about flow, feedback, and continuous improvement. I think it'll be about looking at the world through a lens that allows us to be grateful for what we have and grateful for the opportunities that we have in front of us as well. And so in a world where you can choose to be anything, why not choose to be grateful? Grateful.